What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, and this is the Wolf of All Streets podcast. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Elitium, a next-generation wealth management platform, helping people unlock a life of independence, value, and growth. Raul's goal is to build a decentralized digital economy that enables a luxury lifestyle. Uh, being fascinated by the vision of Elitium, I actually became an early investor in the project, and now it's, it's one of my top holdings. I can't wait for Raul to share his motivation for founding Elitium and have a conversation around wealth management in the crypto space. Raul Milhado, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. No problem, Scott. Nice to, nice to be here, finally. Uh, <laughs> of course, yeah, we've had yes. this one uh, scheduled for a while, been chasing you yeah. around the world. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah. But great, great to be here. I'm, I'm very excited for the, for the session. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by Voyager and Sovereign. Stay tuned for more information on both later in the episode. So before we get into the questions, once again, you're listening to the Wolf of All Streets podcast, where twice a week I talk to your favorite personalities in the worlds of Bitcoin, finance, trading, art, music, sports, and politics. The show is powered by Blockworks Group, a media company with over 20 podcasts in their network. You can check them out at blockworksgroup.io. And if you like the podcast and follow me on Twitter, you need to check out my website, join my newsletter. You can do both of those things at thewolfofallstreets.io. And now to get on to what's important. So I know that you've been building businesses for over 10 years now, which is impressive on its own. But then I found out that you were actually uh, born in 1990, which is about 15 years after me, which makes it <laughs> a lot more imp <laughs> impressive. So you, you really started young, huh? Uh, yes, yes. I, I started my first venture when I was 19. Uh, I never really went to university or, or things like that. I, I always like to do things. I like to execute. So the, the, my, my, my university was basically moving from Amsterdam to Australia when I was 18. Uh, worked there in a, in, a, in a corporate, basically. And I, I, I learned a lot that year from not just the language, of course, but also to work in a corporate. And I, I started to learn marketing. That was, that was when I was 18, 19. Uh, and that's what fascinated me about you know the world of business i was like okay i don't want to go back to school or university whatsoever i want to i want to get started so i started really young yeah and and so what was your first business and and how did you eventually get to the point where you you know decided to to build a lithium the, the the company that i was working with in australia they they had a very successful company in the field of uh, of business centers, like a competitor of Regis. Everybody probably knows Regis. So, and but they were not so active with marketing yet. So, one of the things that I initiated was a, a new website. And then when I realized that new website, uh, which I actually coded myself based on YouTube and based on, uh, on you know finding codes online, it was a lot of templates. I have to be honest. I was just copy pasting them, but I made it work. And then I realized that I made that website, but uh, it was not visible, right? Nobody knew about this new website. So that was the first moment I realized, okay, how can I get this website on top of Google? And uh, back then, I'm talking about 11 years ago, it was quite easy to just buy some backlinks online and get the website on top of Google. So that was the first moment I saw like the first golden formula. I was doing it for, for them. They were getting so many inquiries and everybody in every office in Australia was like calling like the CEO of the company saying, who's this guy Raul and why is he sending me so many leads? What's going on? And, and because I was basically managing and maintaining the leads that were coming through the forms. So, well, based on that learning, based on the experience, I was like, okay, I can, I can do this for this company or I can go back to Amsterdam 
and, and start my own company. So that's the was the first company we offered uh, websites. We were doing SEO, um, and later on it became a full uh, marketing agency, uh, full focused on on yeah, optimizing businesses revenue basically by getting them uh, everywhere on Google, but everywhere on the internet. So that was my first venture. Um, then I sold the company, invested into a, a mobile app, which was uh, with, with a friend of mine from Germany. Actually, he moved to Germany that back then in Berlin. He was very much active in the startup scene in Berlin. So we started to work on an app project. Um, so all the money that I earned in the first few, four, four years when I was an entrepreneur, put all my money into the app and basically lost everything again. <laughs> uh. The money, we couldn't really proceed with that project. Luckily, uh, we were able to proceed with a new project, which finally became App Promoters. So we were like the first marketing agency in Europe, at least, that were going to provide solutions for other apps because it was so hard to get, you know, from, from, from web to mobile. And not just the app companies, but also all the corporates, they wanted to have a mobile uh, website, they wanted to have an app. So long story short, uh, went into the app marketing space. Uh, we opened an office in, in Los Angeles. Uh, we also um, had a team in, in, in Israel. And um, well, then I started to believe in the, you know, the American dream, right? I wanted to be in, in the States. I wanted to be the biggest. I wanted to, so that was also the moment that me, uh, my business partner and I started to, well, have separate visions about the future of our company. So long story short, we, uh, a Russian billionaire woman, we became our investor. She bought me out. I left the company. Um, so there was my second exit actually. And then I invested into uh, a company that I'm still repositioned as Bozers Black. And Bozers Black is like, basically it started off as the Airbnb type of platform for yachts and boats. Um, and that's also the link and the, you know, the bridge to crypto because I was very early already in Bitcoin. Uh, 2013 did my first like Bitcoin investment, left it there, didn't really like think about it anymore for many years. But I was early in the fact that I was, I'm always looking for technology trends. And I, I knew that in the future, you know, money will become digital. So, um, to go back to the, the Boatster story, we, we started to accept cryptocurrencies as a payment method with the Boatster's company. So people were able to rent a yacht with us, spending their, well, BTC, but we basically accepted top 50 cryptocurrencies. So a lot of people with a lot of shit coins <laughs> were able to just bring it to us and then yeah. rent, the, rent the boat with us. So that was the, that's the link basically between Boatster's and, 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 and the crypto space. Right. And then when I first met you, that's sort of what we were talking about, that the original vision of Elitium quite a while back was to bring that luxury lifestyle to, to you know, basically people who had become crypto rich, crypto wealthy, and to, yeah, to be able correct. to service, service that lifestyle. But as we sort of spoke, it became much more. Can you talk about exactly what Elitium is now, what the goals are? Yes, absolutely. So the, 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 the vision in the beginning was connecting, you know, the old world, yachting world, the old money with the new money. And that, that has never changed. But in the first place, we were thinking about, you know, more like a PSP, becoming like a payment service provider and then integrate smart contracts. And then, you know, yacht owners would have full 
visibility and transparency on the contracts and so on. But we, we realized after one year or so that the, the, the yachting market is not ready for that at all, right? Like they're very old school. Uh, besides that fact, uh, we also realized that we are more like a fintech company because we, we don't want to just offer like a payment service. We also want to offer value. And that actually started, like if you look at the journey from the last three years, it started with the currency itself, which is an ERC-20 token. We never did an ICO. We went live on the exchanges and we have a complete different approach than I would say 99% of all the other projects because we have been investing ourselves. So basically myself, my CFO, my business partner, Colin and Jean-Pierre as well. We've been investing into the company and to the technology heavily ourselves. And then we started to onboard strategic partners in the form of VCs and, and GDA Capital uh, recently joined as well. So we, we've been very selective with the partners that, that have joined the company. And we didn't like raise like crazy amounts of money in the beginning through an ICO or a private sale. We, we wanted to deliver a blockchain and people can become like a co-owner. You know, we were brainstorming about it on this yacht. And um, so I started to dive into that and was like, okay, but then we need to create a security token for it. And then I was like, okay, but then we need to create a security token platform, right? So how can we do that? So that's how we um, basically moved into the security token space as well. And basically six months ago, seven months ago, when, when decentralized finance became, um, well, became, well, started to develop. Household name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <DeFi>. Sure. <laughs> yeah, just DeFi was there. <laughs> We also realized we need, we need to tune into that. We need to make that available on our platform. So altogether, we're offering different DeFi models in the form of, uh, we call it USD stable savings. Uh, we have Paxos Gold integrated with, uh, with, the, with the yearly yield that we provide through DeFi pools. Then we have the Elitium staking, where we offer 6.5%. We have Masternodes up to 28%. We have, in the future, we have some new, uh, we'll have locked staking with higher yields as well. Um, we're now integrating liquid swap models and lending models. So that's going to be one of the other exclusive features for specific investors. Uh, and we have the tokenization portfolio with signed deals for real estate, art, and some other real cool projects. So basically, if you summarize that, you as an investor can join the platform and you have access to this, you know, this number of different, basically, crypto and blockchain investment types where you can invest in and, and generate your yields. So it really started off like some sort of idea of, okay, how can we connect luxury and yachting to crypto? And three years later, we developed a full wealth management platform with all of the different products. And we, we picked the best ones, right? We, we take the best of the best, we put it all in one platform. And our goal is to make it so simple because that's, that's the, 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 the challenge here, right? We have a different audience. We have the crypto audience, but we also have, you know, the, the, the yachting guy that I just mentioned or the banker or, you know, the family officers, these kind of institutions that want, would love to join DeFi. But can you, you know, you cannot explain to them what is a flash loan on the flash loan combined with you know the, the 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 whole ethereum network itself they they don't understand so but they are interested in allocating funds to to this new world and that's we're creating a bridge basically for these type of investors through this platform 
which is going live in a few months from now. Right. So I think you just touched on the, the most important point in general, which is that people who are already in crypto are yeah. already obsessed with DeFi. They may yeah. even have participated in yield farming themselves and, yeah. and looking for these yeah. things and they're technologically savvy and can look for it. But the rest of the world is what we need, right? We need mainstream Correct. adoption. We need wealthy people who realize that they can't get yield in legacy markets where they used to. You can't put money in a savings account anymore, right? Yes, correct. We need to bring them into the crypto space. So obviously what you're doing is a bridge to that, but what are like the future steps in general of opening the doors of crypto and yield to that greater audience for mass adoption? Well, I think our strategy is, is, is going to solve that problem probably because what we're going to do, we're going to launch end of March and then we're going to have a uh, private access to our top 50 partners and investors and we'll keep it private until we know they are happy, right? So they join, we're going to collect all of their feedback and then we need to see how much extra time we need before we can do it in a month. We have a very efficient development team. But we want to make, make sure that they are happy with every tool and feature that we're providing. And I'm talking about text reports. I'm talking about, uh, you know, fiat to, to, to crypto, crypto to fiat. Um, we're talking about whatever transactions they want to see in the, we're building like a transparency system where they have access to all of the data that's available from card users to Masternode users to basically everything on that. So we are building all of these tools already. But we want to make sure that that top 50, you know, of course that they have, that they will invest and that they participate in, into our, you know, into our platform and to our network. But on the other hand, that, that feedback we're going to gather in that month from those top 50 people, and you will be one of them. And then the other one will be GDA Capital with Shahal Khan. We have like already more than 50 uh, investors and, and institutions from banks to funds to that already uh, are listed to join the platform and we need proper feedback and based on that feedback we're going to tackle every problem and then we make it the number one platform and I'm not talking about in terms of numbers we don't want to compete with, with crypto.com and Nexo and, and, and Binance because we keep it limited we're going to focus on invite-only strategy after that month and then from top to bottom, all of these top 50 partners will be able to select their partners and their investors and their clients to join the platform. So for the first 12 months, for sure, it will be very limited access. But we want to make sure that this is going to be, you know, the gateway, the, the bridge between the, the old financial world and, 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 and the crypto world. And that we can only do that by putting a lot of time into uh, listening and collecting feedback, collecting data, analyzing, and then make it the best platform. Right. So outside of Elitium specifically, like you're obviously you're interfacing and dealing with these people on a daily basis. Yes. What are the biggest barriers to entry? Are they afraid of security? You know, are they concerned that there's no insurance on their funds? You know, uh, are, are, do they not understand where the yield is coming from because they can't get it? What are the biggest problems that people see that's making them hesitant in general to invest in crypto, even knowing that they can get yield? I think you, you, the few things that you mentioned are completely the things that we're, we're speaking about every day. I'm having every day these calls with these kind of companies and, and people like you just mentioned. The first question they have is, 
All right, so you're basically saying you're making yield on the US dollar while the banks are giving you negative interest, right? So that takes usually an hour to explain how that works. And then still they don't get it because they don't, their brain will say, no, but that's not possible, right? So this is, this is really the biggest challenge we have from the traditional world to the new world that actually in crypto, you can make these yields, right? And which are based on collateral loans. They're based on, on you know, someone else paying that <laughs> interest. So it's actually, it, it actually fully valid, but they don't understand. That usually takes about 60 minutes. And then you have the um, insurance part, like you mentioned, we have our own in insurance. We're building our own insurance within our own ecosystem. I cannot disclose it yet, but it will be, uh, will be one of our USPs basically that we have it all covered within our platform. Um, and I think the other one is basically the, 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 um, uh, the trust, right? And I think that's the most important thing. Um, well, I'm, I'm in the Caribbean right now, but that's because of several reasons, but we are a European company, right? We, 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 we put our faces on the, on the website. We give full transparency. Uh, the reporting systems and the, the, the way that you can look into the, the, the stats and the data of the platform will be fully transparent. So our goal is to be as transparent as possible to make sure that we can win the trust from these people. Because for us, there are no like hidden agendas. Like we want to create a platform. Obviously, we need to make revenue because otherwise we cannot grow the company and you know live. <laughs> but uh, basically, we, we want to be as transparent as possible and create a a platform that anybody that, that participates can uh, can benefit from. Uh, but that trust is not there yet until you are live, that you can show the data and that you have the right partners involved. So that's why we think that, you know, the top 50 partner strategy um, will work out really well. So I'm curious, having now, you know, experienced COVID and sort of a global economic meltdown, are you finding that people are more receptive to the conversation because they have a more grand awareness of how broken the system actually is, this infinite money printing, all the problems, you know, yes. like you said, negative interest rates in a bank. What do you see in the macro environment now that would bring people in? And then more importantly, what do you think it's going to look like in the next year, two years, three years, as we continue down this uh, path? Well, the, the interesting uh, part here is that for me, it's, it's the same as I had with uh, the time that I was selling SEO, right? SEO was new. Nobody knew it. They were very uh, suspicious about everything you were saying because they were also checking their sources. And it was the same with apps, right? Everybody was very like, yeah, we don't need apps and we don't trust apps. And, but finally, and that's just the same now with crypto. And I, I mean, Jean-Pierre, he was, well, I'm a little bit younger than him, but he was the one who was installing internet and selling hardware and software. France in 1997 so he even seen that you know that that you know that's the part but from my perspective is it's it's um people are afraid right people are afraid for what is coming banks are afraid people are afraid but they 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 if they're smart enough they see what is happening right like the the printing money issue it's happening right now i think there's like 145 billion dollar printed every day right now and that's not a conspiracy. That's not a lie. That's just a fact. I mean, the dollar, like the value of the dollar, well, we all understand what's going to happen to that. And there's a World Economic Forum talking about the Great Reset, which you will not read in, you know, in mainstream media, but it's happening. Uh, 
So what I'm trying to say is that you can't ignore it anymore. Even the most pessimist people that I have met in the journey, it was like, I will never invest. They're investing now. They're knocking on my door and wrote, okay, I've seen your articles. I've seen your interviews. I've read about, you know, what, what the governments are doing with, with stable coins and their plans. How can I invest? Or because I believe in you or I believe in the project. You're doing something unique. So basically to answer your question is that this is just the start. I think we're not even on 1%. I think we're on 0.001% of where crypto will be. And for me personally, it's so important to like provide a product with quality because one thing I'm sometimes a bit ashamed of is the crypto industry in general, because so many people just take money from other people and just, you know, take advantage of, of that they were lucky that they were able to build a token, which is super easy, by the way, but just that they were, you know, and, and I don't like that. Like the, the whole industry has a bad name. And I really believe in, in so many good projects now. Uh, DeFi is really like amazing what is happening there. Uh, tokenization, I think it's also just the start of something really, really big. Um, so I think we're just here in compared to where we're gonna be in three, four or five years from now. And for me, I've said this before, you as an investor or you as an individual have the opportunity to go left or right. And what I mean with that, left will be government, will be banks, will be, uh, um, how do you call them? The, the, the universal income programs where you probably get, maybe, maybe you get bankrupt or you, you lose your job because of COVID. So the government will have a plan for you, but it's not going to be a super friendly plan. It's just a very basic program like they, they, and then you have crypto, right? So there's an opportunity for people to become super wealthy now by educating themselves. Right? It's all about education now. It's always, you can always go for the simple direction and, and, and be, stay part of the system. But this is the escape. This is for people to, to thrive. This is the moment that, that you can decide. You take the blue pill or the red pill. You, know, right. you can go left or right. And, 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 and this is the moment where we're in right now. Right. And you know, obviously, obviously I, I'm on that same page. But to play devil's advocate, you know, a lot of people who have a lot of wealth obviously aren't going to just throw all their money into crypto, right? So yes. what are you seeing as a percentage or recommending even as a percentage of wealth that somebody who comes and is interested in exposure to crypto, but obviously doesn't want all of their money in crypto? What, what are you seeing as that proper balance with people you're talking to? Well, what, what I what I would recommend is if you look at the, um, for just talking about Elitium in the first place, that's why we're offering USD stable savings, right? So you turn your dollar into a digital dollar, which is USDT with a daily volume of $80 billion. So your money is safe. It's, it's backed by the real dollar, whatever value it has, but it's backed by the real dollar. And um, it's, it's basically your digital dollar where you can generate yields on. And if you want to cash it out, bring it back to your bank, it's, you can do it. So I think that's a pretty safe, like, there's no risk of inflation and, uh, well, not inflation, sorry, if, if, if volatility, what you have with other cryptos. So I think that's a pretty safe uh, model to invest in, which I would, wouldn't really call just crypto. It's more like, a, you know, stable coin. Yeah. And, you know, generating like the savings accounts that we had as kids yeah. that you just put yeah, your money exactly. away and you let it grow indefinitely. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's that's one thing, but still people will be, like, okay, what, 
you know, they want to understand the logic, but we, we can, you know, we, we are able to elaborate on that. Um, the, the problem for me right now in the world is that you don't know what's going to happen with this great reset. And I, I keep bringing this subject up because I know it will happen because I, I, I read what I read. And I, I, I you know, I, I, what I'm saying is that the financial system as of today is dead. Like there will, there will be a new system. As a simple example, besides the, the money printing and the, and the debt of trillion, hundreds of trillions of dollars, which at one point cannot survive anymore. I mean, you can keep printing forever. Of course you can, but that's, <laughs> that's not a sustainable model. Uh, and then only the corporations will just, you know, stay alive and the rest will die. And, and nobody will, you know, and that's why they're talking about the Great Reset. It's just a matter of when. It's not a matter of that it will happen, it will happen. And I have the feeling that it will happen sooner than we expect. And that means that probably all the, 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 the money you have on your account, you have to exchange for a digital dollar, like a stable coin from the government, with an exchange rate. And nobody knows what that exchange rate is. And uh, that means at that moment, your money is on the blockchain of the government, which is fully controlled by the government. So no decentralization, full centralization. And I think that's the, the chance you still have now so today. You can still start to educate yourself and learn more about the, the alternatives, which is, in my opinion, uh, well, not blockchain that is centralized, but more companies that, that offer different solutions besides the government. But coming back to your, your question, I, I would definitely uh, recommend to put you know, 20, 30% into different crypto models. Um, invest in real estate and uh, put your money in, in th those kind of projects to make sure that whatever happens with the Great Reset, you have that uh, invested. And uh, I mean, Bitcoin, silver, gold, these are always good uh, backup plans and then the rest you can leave in cash, right? So I think it's all about diversifying and, and, and spreading the risks these days. And uh, Elitium is young, so it's, I would never recommend to put 100% your money into Elitium. Anything, but I or would, anything, right. In anything, right, to diversify. And that's what we are creating with the platform as well. We create like so many different asset classes through tokenization where you can invest in, can be real estate, can be an athlete, can be art, can be anything, uh, as long as it has value. Then you can put some money in Paxos Gold, savings, lithium staking, you know. So we are creating that kind of platform where people can decide and allocate their, their funds to the different models, making sure you, you maximize your yields, but also that you, you, know, you have a healthy portfolio. Discover Bpro, a token created by Money Unchained that allows you to earn a rent on Bitcoin positions and gain free leverage. With MOC liquidity mining, Bpro holders also get MOCs every day. So yes, with a Bitcoin on steroids like Bpro, DeFi is definitely for Bitcoiners. Learn more about Bpro at www.moneyonchain.com wolf. Sick of paying ridiculous fees to trade crypto? It's time you try Voyager. It's hands down my favorite place to buy and trade crypto and is 100% commission free. Voyager gives you easy access to more than 50 top crypto assets, and you can instantly transfer cash from your bank account so you never miss a trading opportunity. Even better, you can now automatically earn interest on your crypto holdings. Currently, they're offering up to 6.5 APR on Bitcoin and up to 9.5% on USDC. Yes, you heard that correctly, up to 9.5%. And there are no limits or lockups, which means your funds always stay liquid. Find out why so many people are making the switch to Voyager. Visit investvoyager.com 
or search for Voyager on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and get $25 in free Bitcoin when you use the promo code SCOTT25. That's scott two five. You talk about art, real estate, athletes, right? Yeah. And we've seen, as you know, Spencer Dinwiddie uh, yeah, tokenized right. his, right? And we've seen, um, obviously, NFTs exploding and, and digital art. But what does the future look like where all of these assets that were that exist in the world effectively become tokenized? I mean, is that what you see for the future? I think the, yes. And I think the, uh, one of the top guys at the SEC even mentioned that in the future, because of the complexity versus the simplicity from blockchain, that all shares will be tokenized, which for me makes sense, right? To bringing the stock market to the blockchain. So I think that's gonna happen. That will take time, like a lot of time. Um, but I believe that, you know, maybe in the, f I heard, I don't know if I've, I've, I've never read it. Someone told me that people are now even tokenizing outstanding invoices so that people can actually pay those invoices. And when you get paid, you have to pay them some interest. So, I mean, that's an invoice. That's crazy. Right. So I, I, I believe more in the bigger picture talking about projects and, you know, like more like you had in the crowdfunding versus you know realizing projects you don't have money you have a great idea or you have a great project and you, you collect people to you know help you to finance the pro those projects so for me it's all again connecting these worlds where we have a very extensive network in the hotel and real estate business but everybody in the world right now is looking for liquidity right so if you have that network of investors let's say in in in, in 12 months from now our goal is to have at least five thousand active investors within our platform and all high net worth individuals to institutions to funds etc that means that we can go to any project in the world saying okay we have this group of investors behind us whatever you want to tokenize we will you know we'll, we'll have the liquidity we can raise the funds so for us it's going to once we have that in place and personally i want to focus on impactful projects i mean we're not doing it for the money we want we want to make an impact so once we have that powerful network of investors behind us, we're going to look into, um, let's say, uh, uh, real estate projects, but they are environment friendly, right? They use certain certain things that we that we want to have in that project in place. But we're also going to look into projects that are connected to charity or thing or, or uh, projects that will have an impact to make the world a better place. So. That's eventually, again, the, the, the goal to connecting these different um, segments, right? So, to, and, and especially when we have that network of investors, you can really make a difference. And we have all the technology and tools in place to do so. It's interesting you talk about the idea of the great reset. Obviously, um, you know, you touched on central bank digital currencies, it's already happening in China. They're being experimented yeah. with all over the world. Uh, you know, many of the islands like the one you're sitting on have already tokenized their currency, I believe the Bahamas. Yeah, so right. what does, what's the worst case scenario of this great reset? You know, I think maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with, with the concept. Does that mean that the slate is wiped clean? Everything becomes worth very little and you start again. I mean, what, what, what does that look like? I mean, I don't have all the information and knowledge, but you know, if you if you look, no, if you if you read between the lines, um, there is a possibility, and I've never read this somewhere. It's just my my own logic sense, but that I mean, they're using now the pandemic 
to expedite the process of doing this great reset. Like nobody ever heard of the great reset before the pandemic, right? So there's a connection. So, and you see that things are moving so fast right now, like things that you would never imagine are happening now, sometimes in a day or in a week, and then combine that with technology that's moving so fast. So worst case that can happen to answer your question is that there will be this exchange rate and you, the dollar that already has like this low value because of the inflation what happened, uh, inflation that happened and basically the, they, they keep printing and that they say, okay, now it's enough. This, this do doesn't work. We have done everything we can, printed so much money, uh, system has failed. There's also a famous book about this, the, the dollar is dead, it's called. And, um, and then they replace it with a new system. There were rumors that XRP was involved. There were other rumors. I don't know about that. I mean, uh, we'll see. Maybe they uh, they tried, but they didn't make it happen. But my answer is uh, there can be a very bad, like ugly exchange rate there and that you don't have a choice that they say, okay, bring your money to the bank and then you get a QR code connected to your app and then you get your digital money in return. And automatically with that blockchain that they will probably set up, at the end of the month, your, your taxes are being paid, you know, and everything becomes automated. And I don't know where it's going to go to, but if you look at China with point systems and restrictions when you don't behave and things like that, there, there, is, there is a connection between all of these things, right? And that scares me, right? So it's not just about the money and the value of your money, which I think you can, you know, invest in many other things which are going to make your life uh, in the future looking a lot better. But it's for me also the, the, the scary part where they're really talking about, you know, incentivize people for good behavior or, or whatever is happening in all of these, you know, with all these COVID things. Uh, I, I don't want to end up in a world where, you know, you, you, you cannot do X, Y, Z. And if not, you know, your, your balance is, is going down or you have to betray someone because he's, he's, he's not wearing a mask. Or, I don't know, you know, whatever. And, 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 and I... I surely will think that will never happen because we are too intelligent, right? We are too advanced. Um, we're even shifting to a higher consciousness. So this will not happen, but this is what I said, the worst case scenario that they're trying to push for a system which is fully controlled, which has a very, uh, well, bad outcome for your dollar right now. And that it's, it's based on point systems and incentivized systems based on your behavior where there are already patents like registered for Microsoft and things like that. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's a very right. interesting topic. So we all view crypto as a great hedge, obviously, against all of that. That's sort of the, one of the, the main ethos of Bitcoin, of course, right? Yeah. The other side of that is if the government intends to do all of that, and if there's a great reset, isn't that also a threat in some way to crypto and to Bitcoin? Because they'll try to regulate to make sure that people operate within their system and not opt out to, to our system, so to speak? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan for, just side note, I'm a big fan of regulation, right? So we, we, we're now going through a whole new setup with our company in Gibraltar. And, um, you know, we, I'm a fan of regulations and licenses. Let's say that, let, let's put that first. Um, and there, like it's open market, like just the stock market. So I don't believe that the, the government will go that far that they will, um, because they, they would have done it already anyway, right? So, uh, and they've done that with people who did ICOs and stole money from people and were not able to keep their promises. I think that's a good thing. Um, but they will never, 
like make it so difficult for for people uh, like you and me to not trade or to come up with great concepts. But I do think what will happen that in let's say let's say ten years from now there will only be twenty or thirty real cryptos, right? And the rest will be maybe labeled like they do on Twitter now when there's misinformation whatsoever, but it will be labeled as, as, as negative or bad or whatsoever. But I do believe that, that there will not be thousands of projects at one point um, because of, well, like you said, maybe they make it very strict for, from a regular, regulatory perspective. Um, and they, they maybe give penalties for, for, for companies that don't behave or make, make stupid you know, mistakes whatsoever. But I don't think we'll get ever in a situation where they completely ban you know, a trillion dollar industry, which is just starting to rise because they would not be in their own benefit. Right. And they are heavily right. invested in Bitcoin. And I mean, they can't ban it. They just can make it really, really difficult to get your, your dollars yeah. in and out, I, th I think. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question because uh, we know that they're going to want their piece. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's yes. like you said, it's yes. in their best interest, but only if they're getting their piece. And they are, right? I mean, right. at the end of the day, every, I mean, if you look at the, yeah, yeah and, and they already, you know, integrating uh, the tax, tax, tax models in Europe and in the States. And, and again, yeah, that was about to happen. So I don't think that's a bad thing. What I think is funny, if you look back at the history of Bitcoin, every time the big banks say it was bad, that if you look at the, you know, that's the funny part about blockchain, that they were actually having investors every time it dropped. So they're oh, yeah. so involved. And uh, yeah, they're playing dumb, but they're not. And um, well, there's another possibility that when you think about governments and, and smart people in power, that maybe they're already 20 years ahead, right? 20, 30 years ahead, and they have their own solution. But then again, that's the great thing about innovation is it cannot be stopped because six months ago, DeFi was not existing. And now DeFi, DeFi is growing like hell, right? So it's like you cannot, you can try to create your own roadmap, but because it's open source and because you create uh, the possibility for others to innovate as well, it, it's unstoppable, right? So that's, I think, yeah. the beauty of this time. It's, it's not, you cannot stop it. There are too many people working well, on it. We talk about the velocity of DeFi and it's insane how many projects come use ICO, you know, in 2017, a project would like, they'd have a white paper and they'd have a raise and it would be months, years before you saw a project. In DeFi, it's like, you hear about a project, they come up with an idea and two weeks later, it's being traded on centralized exchanges, right? So the velocity yes, yes. of how fast it happens. And that goes back to something you talked about earlier that you touched on that I want to explore. You said, it's really easy to create a token. Yes. I've never actually had anyone on who talked about how easy it is to create a token or what that process is. Can you touch on that? Because I think that's really, really interesting. Well, I, I, yeah, of course. Uh, well, a token um, is, is nothing more than a smart contract, right? So it's, it's a piece of code. And I can, you can compare it with when I made websites, I said it in the beginning of the conversation, I used Dreamweaver. And Dreamweaver was very cool because you were able to see and the HTML and when you clicked on the button, you would see the, the result already without you know, publishing it live, et cetera. Um, well, the difference is that with the smart contracts, you don't actually see nothing more on the other side because it's just you know, addresses and codes. So um, the smart contract of the lithium is very extensive. But what we've been doing is you know, collecting codes from existing Ethereum smart contracts, putting it all together. 
uh, into into a final smart our team did actually pretty pretty great job. I think we have one of the stronger ERC20 smart contracts because it's important to have these you know small security uh, you know things in place, have that in place. But if you compare it to, and I would not mention any names, but even the bigger names in the industry, if you look at their you know their their the way they have created their token, they've literally done that in five minutes. There's even a token generator. If you Google now yeah, Ethereum token generator. Yeah, oh, it's something else. <laughs> yes, you change the ticker, you change the amounts, you change the. I mean, you take a token economics, you do a brainstorm ten minutes, you have it, and um, and and that's a bit dangerous, right? I mean, yeah. that's where where not the regulators because that's not maybe. The, but what I'm saying is that that in a later stage there will be uh, discussions about this, right? When is your smart crack? Now now it's validated. Uh, by Ethereum, but maybe in later states, this will be by authority or by right. regulator. So it's very easy. You can just Google Ethereum smart contract generator, and in five minutes, you have your own token. Uh, so but it is crazy. But that's why, but but that's why we see rug pulls, and that's why people are so scared, and that's why there's so many tokens. And so sort of a bad thing. I mean, as easy as it is, it, you know, you yeah. don't want anyone being able to create a token and then build a narrative around it and go sell that to actual people, right? Yeah, no, no, true. But then then the complexity comes in the in the cybersecurity, the complexity comes in market making, listed on coin market exchanges. So it's not, I mean, so there's steps to, of credibility, basically, yes, that, that which a lot take. of people, yeah, and that's where the, the 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 mistakes are being made, right? That's where the hacks are taking place. Like, 99% of all hacks are either internal or by stupid mix, mistakes, right? So, um, yeah. and and that yeah, and that's the point. I, I believe we need more quality projects. We need to make sure that these flows, like creating a smart contract or uh, having all of these securities in place or, you know, at the end of the day, you're a financial product and the financial product has to have certain rules. Like you cannot just let investors invest in your project. And, um, uh, basically, well, the wind is very happy here. I don't know. I hope you don't hear it, but basically oh, yeah. don't have, you know, protocols in place to protect your investors because that's what you need to do. You, it's not your project only. It's also the investors that put their money in their savings. They, they have a family, right? So they, they also need to make sure that they are protected. And I think that's sometimes missing. People are just so, you know, they don't care, right? They just, they just want to sometimes just steal the money. And I, I kind of sure. hate that about the industry. And that will change over time um, because more and more good projects are, are, are now being live and people are focusing on investing in these and not just in the hype. Yeah, I mean, uh, right. And scams are not unique to crypto. <laughs> no. The, the, the same scammers just find a different way to, to scam people or steal money. They've been doing it since, uh, since you know, the 17, 1800s and thousands of years before that, right? So, um, Correct, yeah. you know, I, don't, I don't really buy the, like, crypto is a scam market because we all know that scammers are going to scam um, regardless. Correct. But it does go back to something you touched on earlier. You said that maybe after this great reset in the future, there's only you know, 30 to 50 coins. I mean, do you think that we see, well, the, the answer is kind of there, but you know, like the dot-com boom of the 90s, you saw thousands and thousands of companies with these cra crazy overvaluations. And then most of them have just sort of, you know, natural selection has removed them and they've disappeared. Is that kind of what you see coming for? I mean, we can't have thousands and thousands of these cryptocurrencies 
succeed? No, I think I think it's I think it's very important to uh, understand why I said it because it's for me it's not about the number 30 or 40 or 50, but just like you just said, there is no room for so many different cryptos that like like on average people use seven apps on their phone. So that means that like all these millions of apps that that are being developed are not useful or nobody's using them. So, and that's the same with crypto. You cannot have, you know, endless amounts of cryptos or platforms that are going to be used. That's why specific niche platforms and, and blockchains will be implemented and then uh, less will be, um, will be used for other reasons besides the, the, the fact that you can invest in it. But <clears throat> what I think is also a very good example here is uh, EOS, right? They raised 4 billion in ICOs. They did private sales. I was super impressed, right? These guys were the raise was insane. The, yeah. the raise was insane. And uh, I mean, look at the numbers now. I don't even know the exact numbers, but from their previous market cap to what they have now, I think they lost already a few billion in market cap sure. over the past year or so. And sure. why I'm saying, why I'm giving them as an example is because they, they never came up with the real product, right? So the, you can raise billions and still today, you know, you're losing money, you're losing value and, and, and you're losing trust. So it doesn't matter if you have raised 4 billion, you can see that maybe in three or four or five years, you can be dead. And, and I think that's why I'm mentioning EOS. I know they have a very strong community and people trying, but I have not seen a working product to be honest. Right. I, 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 no, and I, I, just, I, I don't think they have network traffic. Like, I just don't think it's being used. Widely. No. I mean, I can't speak to the exact numbers, but you know, hard not to notice. But Scott, can you imagine if someone would, you know, would give you $4 billion? I mean, I, I would have changed the whole world already. Like, I mean, that's, <laughs> and, but that, that's the huge problem though, is that people gave young entrepreneurs with no experience, these huge amounts of money. They didn't know where to put that money besides partying. A lot of yeah. them. <laughs> and and yeah. then the market crashed and all of a sudden that money was effectively gone. Right. And so it was yes. just a perfect storm of disaster. And, and I will say that, you know, your model, you know, obviously spending your own money and doing it privately and not doing a public raise. And even a lot of these smaller DeFi projects, you know, they raise very small with really low yeah. market caps and they're lean. It really is a much more responsible model in general now, I think, than it was three years ago or four years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fine if you raise $40 million and you use then. It. Yeah, if you use it in, in the right way, if you de develop projects, the problem as well was that what I've seen from some projects that I know, for example, from London, that they, they raised 40 million and then they, you know, rented the office in the middle of the city. They started to work with 12 developers. Well, you know how expensive developers in London are and so on and so on. So they, they, they spent like four or five million dollars sometimes, you know, per quarter, but then it goes fast, you know, and that that's just... Like you said, unexperienced entrepreneurs with a great white paper, with without any experience in, in whatsoever, um, and and they make the business look bad. And 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 again, I think within our team, we have a, we have a smaller team, uh, you know, less fancy advisors and all of all of these names. We are really like we have a very strong uh, management team with Jean Pierre. He has been in blockchain since the first day that it exists. Uh, and Colin, my CFO and my partner as well, he's been in finance for 30 years, right? So this, we have this combination of skill sets already in the, in the core team. Um, and our, our goal is to, like I mentioned before, to, to create that piece of software that's going to add value to people's lives. 
So do you see a future where 50% of wealthy people in the world are exposed to cryptocurrency? Yes. Or, yes. or 100? Well, yes, absolutely. I don't know 50 or 100, but let's say between 50 and 100. Like I mentioned earlier, I think we're on 0 0.001% of, of yeah. this new world. And it also depends how you determine crypto, right? Because if you if we're talking about great reset, we're talking about digital dollar, stablecoin is effectively also a crypto, but I would then, you know, distinguish the the the, the, the government crypto versus the uh, right I'm not, I'm not counting digital dollar not the official <laughs> okay, okay. one at least i'll, I'll no, count no, no. usdc usdt yeah, yeah. right of course um but yes because um like the old system is not coming back right so the the eventually the dollar and the financial system with printing money and the, the way our things that things are set up right now will be replaced. And I cannot say if that's one year, five year, 10 years, but definitely definitely not longer than 10 years. So that means that we're all going to digital. Yeah, it is. It's a big change, but look around. Everything is changing and things are happening which were not happening before, like never, because there were not, was no alternative. And now you see with this whole, you know, the, the what happened with uh, um, GameStop, right? This This whole, I mean, there's a reason why this is happening now. And that's not because of crypto or, or anything like that. It's because we're in a shift. People are going to change. People are done with, with what's happening. They are done with the, with, the, with the institutions telling them what to do. People are not taking, taking it anymore. So this group of, on Reddit, which are just a bunch of you know, guys, you know, trolling and just making fun of this situation, but it's serious stuff what's happening because this is part of the shift because this means that, that the Wolf, Wall Street guys are not safe anymore uh, in what they have been doing for the past 30 years. So this, this I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Like if these guys decide tomorrow, like that's what I'm trying to say. This, it's very unpredictable because so many things are changing. What's scary though is, you know, they're gonna, hold on to power for as long as they can and by any means necessary. So I, what kind of, you know, scares me is wondering what that big money is going to do now to make sure that uh, the little guy and these people that are trying to, to find their way are unable to do so. Well, I'm pretty sure they're on a, in a different Zoom meeting right now to discuss yeah. what the hell is going on because they didn't see that coming. And that's what I said before. Um, for maybe well, whatever, how, you know, I, I don't believe in fairy tales, so I don't believe that uh, Satoshi was the creator of Bitcoin or whatever. I mean, there must be another story, but what I'm trying to say is maybe uh, they are more involved than we know, right? That, that's maybe Very possible, exact. right? Yeah. yeah. And, but more importantly, maybe they have their plan, right? Their own roadmap, but they maybe couldn't uh, think of, a technology like DeFi would come up out of nothing, which basically kicks out the banks, literally, right? Yeah, it's uh, a better bank. <laughs> yeah, it's a better bank, decentralized, like power to the people. But they couldn't think of that when they started this whole new technology. And they could also not think that there will work with some group of a few, few million people on a forum like Reddit, which they even never thought about, right? Because what is Reddit? They, they only think about Twitter and etc. And now Reddit is there. I mean, Reddit was there many years i know but 
they could not predict that these things would happen. So they are also scared. They also don't know what to do. That's why they will do will make panic decisions. They will make yeah. They're, decisions. What they're gonna do is make more regulations that yeah are for the for the little guy, but actually yeah protect help the them. banks and yeah. And but you know, like you cannot stop people, right? You cannot stop an army of Reddit guys. You, they can block Reddit. They will go to Discord or they will go to another channel. They go to Telegram, whatever, right? They will keep moving and they will keep fighting because this is just the start. And I, I don't want to be involved in that war at all. I want to create a bridge, right? Give me, let them fight. I'm not involved in that. I, I really don't want to be in, in, in those kind of fights, but I do think that it's time for a shift. And that's necessary because they are, you know, like, um, how do you say, introducing the Great Reset anyway. So why not building a bridge between that old world with the new world and, and, and giving them the access? I, I believe that that should happen. And, but I also believe that it's time for a shift. Like the big guys cannot just stay the big guys forever. It's, it's you know, it's time for well, a I, Yeah, I mean, every, every uh, civilization falls, every, every leader is eventually knocked off the top of the mountain. I think that that's uh, somewhat inevitable, whether in our lifetime or otherwise, but, you know, history always uh, proves to, to play out that way. It just really sucks for the little guy, right? Because you talk about that system is now broken. We've seen it over decades, but your average person who doesn't know how to invest or know what to do is really stuck because they can't, you just can't hold money and hope that it's going to work for you, right? You have to buy some sort of assets. You have to find another way. You have to go at it on your own. Well, I agree. I mean, the, the, the other thing, what I think is sad is that we're, we're talking about, we're not talking about the fact what's happening in the world right now that they predict more than two or 300 million people are going to die because of poverty. Right, people, there is going, going to be, the, 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 the difference between the poor and the rich is only gonna get bigger. And I'm not able to stop that, you're not able to stop that. That's just happening because of what is happening right now in the, in the, in the world, in the financial crisis and the pandemic and so on. So, and that's sad to see, right? That's, that's going to take decades and decades before that will recover. So how do you say like, that, that, yeah, that makes me sad sometimes to see that nobody is paying attention to it, right? So again, I don't know what we will do with the lithium or how we will do it, but definitely we, we, you know, we want to make more impact uh, once we have that platform and network in place. Because sometimes I'm, I'm just, just surprised that we're not paying attention to the right topics, right? We're just talking about uh, political agendas and, and so much bullshit they talk about, but what is really important, right, in life? And why are we not talking or just ignoring certain subjects for, for you know, we're all humans, right? And I believe that with all the technology that we have in the world, like from, from in, in every basically different category, we are able to all become wealthy. And, and doesn't mean we all have to be, you know, a millionaire, but we can be all wealthy. And, and be rich and, and, and have education, have water, have uh, proper, proper uh, food and, 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 and income. And, and that's what nobody is talking about. We're, we're going towards like a new kind of capitalism system where the rich only getting you know, richer and the poor just, you know, they let them starve. And yeah, I don't know. It's a different subject, but I think we should definitely um, pay attention to it because um, there's so many bad things happening in the world right now. 
that uh, it's really important for us, in my opinion, to become more pure and to share knowledge and to um, firstly become the best version of yourself, but also really try to help others in what is coming, right? And that's why we, you know, we like to educate people like you are doing, because the crypto space is an alternative, is an opportunity for even the poor people to to get out and to um, yeah get rid of the system and don't fall further in, into the yeah, into the situation where they are in or will be. I hope to live in a world where everybody is above the poverty line and has some level of wealth or comfort and uh, stability. So uh, hopefully crypto can uh, pr provide that and, and we can help down the road. So after this, where can everybody check out Elysium and where can people follow you? Um, I'm, I'm active on YouTube. We're going to do more and more YouTube videos. I've been very, very busy with the teams, but I I'm actually want, want to do a weekly update on YouTube. You can see all my old videos there. Um, next week, we're planning another PR campaign. So you, you see a lot of news coming up about the platform that we're going to launch soon. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Lithium and Dash EUM. Uh, follow, you can join us in the Telegram group uh, as well if you have questions and reach out through uh, contact at Lithium.io. If we do also like uh, OTC deals, if people want to um, make special deals with us, uh, either for a Masternode or OTC deal. Um, so basically the main channels, like the social media channels, I'm active on Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also have me on LinkedIn. I'm, we're doing more and more there as well. And, um, well, our goal is that we, um, uh, really depends a little bit where, where are we going to be next month, but probably I'm going to stay this part of the world a little, for a little, little longer. Um, so our goal is to, to, um, like around the launch, we're going to hire camera crew. And we'll be like really like uh, filming a lot, and um, potentially there will be a big name connected to that uh, future documentary as well. So we're working on some cool, uh, cool stuff there as, uh, as well. Well, I'm jealous that you're sitting on an island right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was lucky enough to see your background before we started talking, but uh, yeah, you're sitting by a beautiful infinity pool uh, overlooking the ocean. And <laughs> I hope that the whole world is that way soon. So um, thank you. you. Thank Absolutely. you so much for- uh... Yes. And one more thing, because you asked me where can I find it. And Lithium is, uh, is obviously on several exchanges, uh, right. Bitmart, sure. Stacks, FabBTC. But you can look us up on the, on CoinMarketCap and you'll see it there. But I uh, appreciate it, uh, Scott. I really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, Thank you very much. Enjoy the pool. <laughs> I'll work a little bit and then, uh, then definitely. Stop.